Hey, ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing out there? This is your host with the most less expensive clothes, Mr. Saz himself. Welcome to the Saz Podcast. And it's your co-host, Liz. How's everybody doing out there today? Hopefully uh, good. <laughs> yeah, I would hope they're doing good. I mean, so far, cases with, you know, with the current pandemic, you know, they're starting to spike up. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of hope. I know that a lot of people have been getting back to work. A lot of people have been seeing their families. And that's the most important thing. But without further ado, to get, uh, get on with our podcast for today, we just wanted to touch on some everyday views. You know, things that people uh, either are scared to address or, you know, they just happen to deal with, with on a daily day basis. So one of the things that I wanted to go over with Liz today was right now, ever since, you know, the pandemic hit, you know, the market fluctuation has been crazy. I mean, it's been steady lately, but it's been crazy just to see how much it's grown since the last year. And I always tell Liz, I always like to talk about money because one, I work as a retirement specialist and two, um, it's one of the things that affects us the most. You know, as a couple, you know, we always look for the best financial, you know, uh, I'm looking for the term, babe, but best financial stability, uh, you know, that we can, you know, organize for ourselves, you know, because with having three kids, um, maybe even possibly more, uh, you, you got to think, take into, take those things in consideration. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of questions. So one of the things that I wanted to cover with Liz was, should you care about retirement? What do you think, Liz? Is that something you should, if somebody right now, whether you're 18 years old and it's your first job and you're old enough to start putting money away, you know, I definitely, I definitely think so, especially being Hispanic, coming from that background where um, our family members, grandparents didn't really invest in their retirement and could possibly be in a situation now where they're still living paycheck to paycheck, um, taking it back with my mother, you know, having to still work at almost 70 years old. It's kind of sad. So I definitely believe we should have different resources as to where we have our money, our funds. Obviously, some of them being available, you know, like um, right away, like at a bank, um, maybe a savings account that earns a little bit of interest, and then some of them that you can't access right away, some of them with limitation, making it harder. That way, whenever we want to splurge on something, we don't right away go to that source. And we're not trying to come up in here and say, hey, you know, take notes. This is, you know, this is what your investment portfolio should look like. We're not, you know, investment advisors by any means necessary. We just have experience in that line of work. So we're just open awareness to a lot of people that don't know. I'm sure there's a lot about you that are licensed, Series 6, Series 7. I'm sure a lot of you are brokers that know way beyond than we do but we're bringing awareness to the people that have you know everyday average joe day-to-day jobs you know have no clue about retirement you know you're working paycheck to paycheck and because you're working paycheck to paycheck retirement or saving for retirement is the last thing that's on your mind right now 
Like that's the last thing that you want to do. So I think this would help, you know, understand that how important it is to get your finances, you know, right? Because that's always going to affect everything else. If you don't have your finances right, you cannot save. If you cannot save, you cannot spend, you know, comfortably. If you can't spend comfortably, what's the point of working if you can't go to the movies and not get the large, pro- you know, large popcorn? You know, if you're going to go in there and be checking your bank account, you know, on some Kevin Hart shit, you know, the way my bank account is set up, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm just going to settle with the candy bar. No, you know, you want to be comfortable. So one of the things I would recommend is if your employer recommend, you know, offers a 401k, which is a profit plan, you know, employer sponsored plan, that would be something I would recommend looking into if you haven't already. I know a lot of you get enrolled automatically. I know some of you opt out, especially most of us when we're young. I know me and Liz used to talk about this a lot. We want to exempt as much as we can. We want to take back home as much as we can without having to pay the government as much. So one thing that I know that Liz want, would like to share is she, you know, she's been saving on her 401k for a minute. And I think one of the things that helped her help me was she's like, oh, I don't even know how much I have in my 401k. Last time I checked, I had this excellent amount of dollars. So I'm like, oh you don't check it and you got that much amount of money? She's like, oh yeah, I just put money away and just, you know, it's for retirement. You know, and that's before I got into retirement business. So um, really quick guys, I I think a 401k is something easy and manageable. And two, it's something free. Your employer pays for it. It's not something that I'm telling you, hey guys, you got a thousand dollars, you know, invested in this, you're gonna have to pay these fees. No, we're not trying to do that. It's just something easy, a, a sourceable, you know, savings income, if you will. I'm not making sense. Go yeah, ahead, it's funny that you talk about that just because I remember in the beginning of our relationship, I would always ask them, you know, like, hey, Jose, like, you know, are you investing in your 401k? Have you like checked that out? Do you know how much you have in there? And he would always like brush it off. And I would ask him consistently. And I think at first it would annoy him until he finally I, I finally showed him mine and he was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and mind you, it's not, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was a good significant amount for the six years that I worked with an employer. And, and that was me putting, what was it? 6% from my every, every check into it. So it wasn't bad. The only thing with 401k that scares a lot of people, I would say definitely has to do with the market. You know, if the market's up, it's looking good. If it's not, you do lose some. But at the end of the day, um, it is something that's going to continue to gain within the years and time. It's not the market's not always going to be declined or at a downfall. So you got to keep that in mind. What you put is not what you have in there. Like Jose stated, the employer does put a amount as well. Sometimes they can match you. Sometimes it can be less or more. It really depends on the company. It depends on what position you are. It's just everything's different. But not to bore you, but that's one of the ways to save money for sure. Um, I know there's like the kids fund, the college fund. There's IRAs. There's a lot of more options. And one of the things that I feel like a lot of parents out there overlook, and especially, you know, I come from, a, you know, Latin background. So does, uh, you know, Liz. She comes from a Latin background. And, you know, for those of us, that have parents that came from another country, immigrated here, you know, try to establish their citizenship, 
and a future for their kids. You know, I feel like our parents were not aware of these type of accounts. They kind of were, but they just didn't take advantage. And, you know, it's okay if you literally want to, you know, if, if you make $1,000 every check and, you know, every check you put away $100 until you die, you know, that's not bad. If you're putting money away, saving it, like physically, that's not bad doing it the old school way. But we live in a society now that you can put money into a vehicle, meaning an account, and it can work for you. Because we live in an economy where there's so many goods coming in and out. So, you know, companies that are going public, you know, they allow you to buy, you know, a partial, you know, have a partial ownership of that company. So doesn't mean you're going to walk into Walmart and say, I own Walmart, you know, because you own 10 shares of stock. It doesn't work that way. But it does mean you own a part of that company. So that means the more shares you buy, you know, the more people buy, you know, the higher the stock is. The lower you buy the stock, you want to sell it at the highest point. And a lot of people get scared because they don't understand the concept of you got to buy low and sell high. A lot of people, they buy low and as soon as it starts dropping, they get worried. I'm going to sell right now before it drops even lower. And then in a couple days, couple weeks, boom, it goes right back up and they lost. So, you know, it's okay to have a savings account, have a joint savings account. That's all good. But I feel like... An investment IRA or 401k is good because you can gain interest. And a lot of people don't understand the interest. They're like, oh, am I going to get taxed on interest? You don't get taxed. People just don't understand how these accounts work. They don't understand the terminology. And we're just trying to bring awareness because we were that once a long time ago. Or once upon a short time ago, I should say. But the point is, guys, you want to make sure that you are aware of things that can happen and one of the things that can happen one of the things that is going to happen you're going to get old so take it from a guy that has had back breaking labor jobs you know it's good you know it's good when the money is there and you're physically working and you're getting money you know there's a lot of jobs believe me we can sit down and i don't want to put out any names i'm just saying there's a lot of jobs out there that you do physical work and you can get some really good money you know you can make a solid income but your body's not going to be there forever. Think of yourself as an athlete. You're, you know, the athletes are good, you know, from when they're 20 and once they're 30, they start declining. So when, once they get to 30, they hit their prime and then they start going down. And from there, that's when the trades start coming up. They say that father age came, you know, has caught up. And at that point, you think you got to think about yourself. You know, what's best for you? You got to make sure you put yourself in the best way where you can work a lot less harder when you're much older. You don't want to be breaking yourself, you know, when you're 60 years plus, still trying to save. You know, you don't want to be doing that. You want to do that when you're young. When you're older, you want to calm down a bit so you already have all this money you accumulated with the interest it's gained. And just to piggyback on what uh, Liz said, a lot of these accounts, you know, like the ones that matter a lot, you know, are our children. That's the whole reason why a lot of us work, you know. We work, you know, week to week, day to day, paycheck to paycheck is for our kids. So one of the things that I always talk to Liz about is having a college fund or a, you know, a college savings account like a 529 IRA, that helps a lot because one, you put your money into a personal investment account, you can invest it just like any other IRA, and when you withdraw the funds, you know, based on the information that you supply to the IRS or to the broker, you know, you're able to show proof that it's going to be for a college fee, you know, for a college, you know, 
man, I cannot speak right now. You know, for a college bill, you know, it's not like you're going to take out the money and go spend it. When you show that it's for your child and it's for a tuition bill, you don't get taxed. It's like a CD, a certificate, uh, certificate, right? Yeah. It's like a bond, you know, it, it holds. You buy it at a certain price and it gains value. Yeah, it's going to gain yeah. value over time. And then the value that it gained, you know, you're going to you have to report it as ordinary income. But the fact that you're making that early withdrawal, you're not going to get penalized. So at the end of the day, if your kid doesn't go to college, guess what? You get to keep that money for yourself. And if you don't, you helped out a kid, one of your kids. But <laughs> you guys, yeah. hopefully, yeah. But what we're trying to say is if you have no idea what these accounts are, please, after looking at this video or watching this video, Please go online, get on Google, just search IRA, search 401k, just the meaning of it. If your employer offers a 401k, I strongly suggest you take advantage of it. And if they're matching you, whatever the match is, 100% of the first 3%, 100% of the 5%, whatever that percentage is, that's what you should be contributing because they're equally matching you on what you're putting in. And if there's any losses, guess what? Your employer's money is the one that gets lost, not yours. Yours is safe. People don't think about that. And then what a lot of people don't know as well, um, if your employer doesn't offer a 401k or if they do offer it, but you're part-time and you don't qualify for it, you can always go into your institution and most institu institutions, I'm sorry, offer the R IRA. See, I can't talk either. Um, they offer the IRA, and the rules are simpler, I guess you can say, and you can withdraw money if you needed to, but keep in mind it is an account, a savings account that you really don't want to consider. Like in the back of your mind, you want to you wanna know you have it, but in the back of the mind, in your mind, you do not want to say, hey, I'm in need of money. Like I need to run to this account and get the money out really quick. You kind of have to help yourself have different sources available for you when time and need does come. Have a separate savings account that's accessible. You know, um, just something that's liquid form. There's plenty of um, savings accounts like a money market that's liquid so you can deposit and withdraw without any penalties and it's gaining interest. I mean, they might not pay a lot, but it's something that helps. You just have to check it out with your institution, depending on what state you are. There's different rules and penalties as well. So, And with those type of accounts, if your employer doesn't offer one and you have a personal investment account, then, you know, there's banks, whether if you have a well-known bank, whether it's, you know, a small town bank, uh, you know, any of those type of banks, they're going to most likely offer, whether it's a CD, a personal individual retirement account, uh, a, you know, you know, any kind of retirement account, you know, they're going to offer it a money market account, you know, they'll offer it and you're able to invest in it and save your money there. You don't have to, you know, it's not like you're going to have to be you're going to get penalized like, hey, you have to commit to this amount. It's a personal account that you can open with your bank, you know, apply as much money as you want to uh, save on there. But it's going to be an account that, you know, at least you have some kind of savings, you know, backup. And in the last year with the pandemic, one thing that we've noticed is that a lot of people did not have 
you know, a second to third source of income ready to take a hit, you know, because if you're living paycheck to paycheck and something like a pandemic hits, like the one that we've experienced in 2020, you know, a lot of people weren't prepared. And most of the clientele that I deal with is people of, you know, of that multitude is they were not ready for that. And what did they do? They ended up not splurging. They ended up picking, pickpocketing from their savings account. Some of these folks, they're 40, 50, 70, you know, and most of them were still working. And they had to pick out of their savings. You know, some people withdrew all their savings. You know, some lady, I remember, I'm not going to, I had a client and she took out literally more than 150K. And I was, she had been saving that since, since 30 plus years ago, she had been saving that. So just to show you, anything can happen. So you really want to be prepared. You want to say something? Save your money, guys. Money, guys. There you go. So. Sorry, our little one. Uh, but something I do want to say, though, I do want to go into um, saying this. If you do have to pick into your 401k because that's your last resort, by all means, like, that's what it's for. It's, it's for your retirement, but if it comes down to you having to lose your home or picking at the 401k to save to save your home and from there use it as a, okay, I'm just going to pull out one time. And then from there, like, you know, I'm going to pick myself up and, and and ignore that money again and just keep saving. That's what it's for. But don't abuse it. Because I know I went through a situation where I actually had to pull from them. And it was sad because, you know, it was money that I was saving. But at the same time, it helped me in my situation that I was dealing with at the time. And now I'm, you know, like working on regaining it. And I have to... Um, increase my my percentage of what I'm what is it called contributing <laughs> in it because it's not as high as I had it before but you know I made sure that I started that again with my new employer yeah it's it's I mean if you have to pull money out of your 401k that's your last resort but uh, you you don't want to be doing that and a lot of people that I work with you know they're like, it's my money. I want to take my money out. I want to buy a car. It's like a 401k doesn't work that way. You know, it's an account where you put money into it and you forget about it. You completely forget about it. And the reason for it is because those are the type of accounts where, you know, your money that you make at an, with an employer, you know, unless you're getting paid under the table, like they say, you have to report it. Money that you report, you get tax on it. Whether you like it or not, you have to pay taxes. So therefore... These accounts allow you to be exempt to be taxed from that money that you're going to be contributing. So a lot of people don't examine what that understand what that means. So that means you're going to have to pay taxes one way or another. So why pay taxes on this money when you can not pay taxes, save it all up. And when you're older, when your tax bracket is way lower, when you're going to have to pay way less taxes, no penalties. That's when you can enjoy your fruits of your labor. And it sucks. A lot of people say, I don't want to be slaving away my whole life, you know, to see if I'm going to, if I'm going to stick around to, you know, I don't want to, what I should say is a lot of people tend to say, hey, I don't want to be saving money when I don't even know if I'm going to be around to see it, to spend it. And you don't want to have that mentality. It's like a gun. 
it's better to have it and not have to use it than not have it and you're gonna have to use one you're caught slipping as they say but you know with an account like these that we're talking about we just want to make sure that you're aware that hey the future is coming you're gonna get older if you have children you know you don't want to put this make this a burden for them you know that man i gotta look out for mom and pop you know man they're gonna they have medication man they gotta get to this place they need a ride they don't they can't drive they don't have a car you know you don't want to be doing that you as soon as your kid last one walks out the door when they're 18 that's when you and your significant other it's your time to splurge it's your time to do your thing and that's their time to go and hustle you know you hustled you did your thing now it's their time to you know break their backs as they say you know and roll up their sleeves so me and liz want to just make sure that you guys are aware and please don't be afraid if you guys have any questions in the comment section you know any general questions about you know how to get enrolled with a 401k you know with your employer or, or what that entails you know give us uh you know give us a shout out well not a shout out but you don't need to give us a shout out just give us a comment you know and we'll reach out to you guys you know because we just want to make sure that everybody's aware like i said i'm sure there's a lot of you that are way more you know a higher level of expert on this type of you know uh line of work when it comes to your investments and your you know different types of savings accounts but we just want to make sure you guys are aware and you know you always want to be you know you want to take care of those around you and one way by doing that is taking care of yourself because you don't want other you don't want to depend on others and they having to take care of you so and when it comes down to thinking about um, financial situations you know like all the debt that you might have um like how how can i have so much debt and save money in reality when it comes down to that the way i say it like you're if you're saving money and you don't like not with the 401k but if you're saving money and you have all this debt that money really isn't yours because you have this debt that you have to pay off the uh, best advice is to stay under 30 percent with your debt and I know when I had met Jose, he had actually taught me the right way of doing things when it comes down to every paycheck that you receive. Write down every bill that you have, when it's due, around the amount that the estimated amount that it is each month. You add all that up, and then that's going to um, give you the results of what money you have to play with. Meaning, you know, like going out to eat or something. Maybe you won't even have funds for that. Um, grocery shopping, like what, what's left to be able to survive. So you just have to make a list. It, it seems like a drag, like a burden, but you just have to get down to it to be able to sit down with yourself and see what you have to change. How, what lifestyle you can stay with, you know, keep up with and what you have to drop pretty much yeah and that's one thing that i remember with liz that when we met i didn't really have you know i didn't have any i i had a 401k but i didn't even always put money into it but i was barely putting anything into it but i didn't even have any knowledge of it but one thing that i always took care of was my bills and at the time i would go out a lot but I, you know, and I had a good job where I would make my bonus checks, you know, I, I was doing okay, but I I just, you know, I was just spending it just, you know, stupidly, you know, uh, irresponsibly. And when I met Liz, 
you know, I kind of shine some light on how important it is to write down every single penny that comes through your account. And Liz shine some light on how important it is to, you know, you need to have some kind of kind of back, you know, backbone when it comes to a financial, you know, piggy bank, any kind of savings fund that you have for an emergency, you got to have something. And not just that, you got to have several other ones, you know, you got to have one for your mortgage, you got to have one for if you have a car bill, if you have bills around the house, if you have debt, you just always have to be ready. Because guess what, if you are paying every single bill, and you are barely left with a penny to get by, and you get a flat tire tomorrow, that flat tire is not going to cost you a penny that you have left. It's going to cost you $7 maybe to get it patched up. A new tire, you know, we, we have basic cars. We drive Hondas. You know, just for a little Honda, for a little Civic, a brand new tire, you know, your basic, you know, you're looking at 117 per tire, 150 Maybe to some of you that's not a lot, but to me, to us, we can do a lot with 117 I mean, so, you know, that's like a whole week's worth of groceries and a half. So, I mean, you guys want to make sure that you're always intact with your finances, with your budget. And one thing that me and Liz always do is, especially with each other, because she works, I work, we have my, I have my accounts, she has her accounts and our accounts together. Always write down everything. And I'm not saying you got to write down everything you spend. I'm saying that if you make $1,000 and your bills are all $500 worth and you still have $5 left, those $500 worth of bills that you're paying, you need to have a breakdown. Where is this going? $200 of this, $100 of this, and $200. Okay, that's my $500. That's where it's going. Because when you assume where it's going, that's when you assume there's money in the account. And that's when you run into the overdraft fee yeah, situation. Funds. <laughs> All you, that mess. You, you run into the situations like, I'm sorry, sir, but your card is being declined. And then everybody's looking at you like, what? So, believe me, I, we've been there. So, and I've seen where um, having one account does not work for a lot of people because, again, they're not aware of the situation on when their ACH is going to hit or when their bills do, they forgot to pay a bill and stuff like that. So, I think having multiple maybe checking accounts, one for fun money or vacation, saving up for all that good stuff, and then the other one for all your responsibilities. So a lot of um, institutions won't charge for multiple checking accounts and a lot of them will. So I would just definitely check out your local area and see which one benefits you the most. Yeah. Shop around and shop around for which ones pay the best interest for savings accounts, CDs, IRA. Well, I don't know about the IRA. Does that, well, yeah, that, that interest the same for every state or how does that work? Well, the interest depends on what kind of account you have or what kind of a stock or index fund you're going to put it in. Okay. But most of the time, the best important thing to see is what are the fees that the broker or the bank is going to charge you for having that money there? If no. there's fees, sometimes it's not even worth it because the interest you gain is doesn't barely any anyway. yeah, that doesn't you, balance. doesn't balance out. You're pretty much gaining. If you're paying, just as an example, guys. If you're paying $100 worth of fees for a year, and this is the easy math, $25 per quarter, that means every three months you're getting charged $25 to equal out 100 And at the end of the year, no matter what you're invested in, if your net of return is only $100 more, 
I mean, you're really not, you're, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're paying for the fees just to invest your money. So that's what you want to do is you want to get with a broker and I'll throw some names out there. Vanguard, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, um, you know, Empower, uh, you know, Principal, uh, Merrill Lynch, uh, you know, NSF, Pershing LLC, Charles Schwab, I think I mentioned it, Edward Jones, any of those names that ring a bell, you know, you know, you know, those, and there's plenty of more, you know, Goldman Sachs, you know, there's a lot that I can keep going all and all and on. But I'm just saying, just to mention some of the big boys there, Vanguard and Fidelity are one of the big ones that are going to charge you the least amount of money for you to do your investments. They want you to do your investments because if you pay them, they'll take your money. But they're going to charge you for them to invest your money to make you money, which is not a bad thing. But you, what you want to do is keep it simple. And the simplest thing is looking for those fees because a lot of people be like, oh, I put my money. I put a, you know, I put $10,000 into Bitcoin or into crypto, into this, and they have no clue about the fees that they're getting charged. So that's one of the biggest things that I would say. Just look at those fees, you know, what they're going to charge you to keep your money there. There's some institutions that don't really charge you a dime. You know, and you just got to keep an eye open. And at the end of the day, guys, just be aware. Just just remember, you have to save money. Like, if you're if you guys are depending on a Social Security income when you're 60 plus, I mean, you're going to have a tough time unless you're you want to live on crackers and cheese. You know, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I like crackers and cheese, but not every day, you know. Um, so another thing that we want to touch bases on is oh yeah ring the sauce bell we hit that um 30 minute mark with our sauce bell Go 30 30 minutes of boring you guys no, no. Educated. I would hope so. no but yeah guys um you know take it like a grain of salt it's up to you what you want to do with it but you know we're just shining light on a few things that I feel like it's important, especially nowadays. Um, another thing that uh, I feel like nowadays, money, you know, seems to be the most important thing. And obviously, that was the first subject that we brought up was money. But I think, and you know, as you guys can see, our little one, uh, most important thing right now is family. Family is very important, um, and I just always like to shine the light on family because I think family is important. And I think that if you have a really good foundation because, you know, the family around you, you know, that's really good. That, 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 that's such a big shield everywhere you go. So, uh, you know, right now I've noticed that a lot of families, you know, they don't tend to do it like they used to back in the day. You know, um, me and Liz always talk about, you know, finances with our kids, even if sometimes they maybe don't understand, but, you know, we always try to refresh the memory you know what the value of a dollar is you know and how you know how you got to work for a dollar and at the end of the day you you got to help out each other and this starts with family and even if you don't have a mom a dad i know some of us don't have a mother mother or father uh you know whatever situation is if you have even a friend if you have no family but you have a friend that's like family always cherish those around you especially those that want to see you do good. I feel like sometimes we take those for granted 
you know, that want to see us do good because we want to see others do good, you know. But I would say you got to, you, you know, always remember family. And at the end of the day, you know, if, you know, if you're saving money, and you're, you're trying to, you know, have a good financial background or have success, you know, who are you going to cherish that with? What's the point of having all these savings accounts and all these stocks that are going to be worth millions for one share if you have nothing to cherish with, you know? You know, to kind of chime in on that, there was an interview. I don't recall what interview it was, but it was an interview where they were saying um, to consider life this way. So let's say that you live in another state and your parents live in a different state as well. How many times do you see your parents a year? Let's say you see them once every quarter. So there's what, four quarters. So you see them four times a year. Okay, four times a year. Let's say that you find out that one of your parents have three years left because of whatever situation that might be going with their health. Three years and you see them four times a year. How many times more are you gonna see them? 12 more times, right? Look at it in that perspective. Like, how sad is that? Like, yeah. you just never know when someone's gone. And if you're like, oh, I see them four times a year. Like, and you think that's enough. And I mean, it, it could be ideal for your situation financially. Maybe you can't travel as much. Maybe they can't travel because they're, you know, not the same as they used to be. They There's assistance needed that costs more and all this good stuff. But just thinking about it that way, like, oh, if they have three years left and you're only going to see them 12 more times, like, wow. Like, there's so much more that you can do with technology now, like FaceTime. Um, I mean, help me out here. Emails. I know emails are not the same. I think that I honestly like FaceTime. It's the closest that you can get to being in person. And... I feel like it's very important to touch base on our family members, our parents, at least three times a week, at least, minimum, like set time aside. And then we're just talking about it today with our children about um, those technology, you know, do you master it or are you a servant to it? And just thinking about dinner, like you never know when your last dinner is going to be with everyone. So like putting your phones aside and just really having those conversations, getting to know how everyone's day was, going into depth about it, and making sure that you talk to your little ones. Because a lot of things they're not going to understand, so kind of speaking to them in child terms, like, hey, you know, like making it fun for them so they can share how their day's going. As parents, we really have to make sure that we're there for our children because we can get lost in our lives of being busy, having to cook, having to clean the house, having to work. And all that can be overwhelming, but we need to set aside time for us alone, time for each other as a as a couple, because if, as a couple we don't strive, we don't succeed, we don't grow, then our children are going to see that and feed off that. And then when they're older, they're probably going to see things that are wrong that we did right in their eyes, like, you know, like abuse and stuff like that. And I don't want to go into detail on those terms, but... I mean, you, the mentality that you have when you're an adult, you have a lot of it coming from your childhood, whether it's trauma, happiness, like, you know, I don't know, just a lot of memories that you can have that you can pass down to your children, 
that could be good and could be bad. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, your judgment as an adult, a lot of it comes from when you're a child, you know, you know, you're still stuck in that wave. If somebody of, you know, a certain way, you know, there's something to you, that type of person, you're always going to look at that that way, you know. Um, if, you know, and not, I'm not trying to go into deep, uh, you know, but just to cut it short, you know, if somebody of a certain race has done something to you, you know, you're always going to categorize that person of that culture to be that exact same way, which is a bad thing because that one person ruins it for everybody. You know, that one fruit kills a whole fruit bowl. Um, and one thing that we touched with, uh, you know, one thing that we went over with our kids today was, you know, empathy and, you know, a lot of things that have to do with, you know, with family now is there's not a lot of empathy that they show each other, you know, why? Because of these technologies and some of the, you know, the technology is good, you know, that's why, you know, are you a servant to your technology or, you know, a master? Because if you're a servant, that means then, you know, you're secluded to their rules, you're subject to their rules. You know, that means if you're on your phone 24-7, you can't, you know, even have a conversation with your significant other, your son, your mom, your dad. Or your friends out or, dinner. Or even your friends, yeah. If you're that friend when you're, there's a, you know, you're out uh, at dinner and you're that friend that's on your phone, even if you're at a bowling alley, it's like, you know, that's the whole point. You know, you can't show empathy to somebody else if they're telling you, oh, I just had a tough day at work, I had a tough week, I just got fired, my girlfriend left me. You can't show anybody empathy if you're not really having that social, physical interaction with them. And by that, I mean being face to face. You know, a lot of people nowadays, especially like when me and Liz met, you know, I would like to call it the Facebook era. When Facebook blew up, a lot of people met each other online. You know, like that was the main thing. Like, I mean, it's still a thing. It's still a thing, but I mean, that's when they went to, you know, it skyrocketed to a whole new level. Why? Because they got to the point where it was no no longer just chat rooms and stuff like that. Now it got to the point where it was a social platform where you can talk to people that you know, you might see, you know, and you can talk to them there. And if you really think about it, this brings it down to that show and like what a lot of people experience, catfishing, you know? When someone claims to be someone and all you did was message them on Facebook and you never met them in person, Back in the day, you know, FaceTime wasn't a thing. So that goes down to not being able to socialize with someone in person. Um, maybe you tried, but that this person kept making excuses of why they couldn't show up. And that really comes down to saying, hey, you know what? I have to leave this friendship or whatever it is aside because it's not giving me what I need. And it's that, that I don't know how to explain it, that... Go for it. Fill me, well, fill me well, in. I, I can't say the word. What well, I don't have the word in me in front of me, but I know what you're trying to say. It's these platforms. They reach or they've helped people reach some kind of level of comfortability. They they can build their self esteem with these platforms without really being there. You know, it's kind of like being a cyber bully. You know, you're playing somebody online. You're you know talking smack to them when in person you wouldn't probably do that because you'd probably get smacked up. So. Is the same thing with these platforms. A lot of people, you know, they will talk, you know, they'll text each other, email each other all day nonstop, 
And when they see each other in person, it's like they have nothing to talk about. That's a horrible feeling because you should be able to be more, even more social. It's like, man, I finally get to see you. Heck yeah, now let's chop it up. So nowadays, uh, you know, a lot of people tend to forget, you know, if you don't have that social interaction with somebody, with another human being, you know, you're going to feel empty. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, if you have all these social platforms, if you have an Instagram, a Facebook, you know, etc. You're a YouTuber and, you know, you have all these people following you. What's the matter if, you know, what's the point of it if you're still going to feel empty at the end of the day? You know, you don't, you want to, you want to be happy with yourself and not just trying to make others, you know, proud. You know, you got to be happy with yourself first. And one of the main things is that we've noticed is family. Family is a great foundation because they're the ones that build you up. <laughs> He's over here blasting things off. Yeah, and then for sure not comparing yourself to anybody else and making sure you stay true to yourself. So if you take care of yourself, your mind, your body, you can take care of those around you for sure. Yeah, and uh, I like that mind and body. Yeah, yeah, because one thing is, obviously, if you are not physically associating yourself with negative people, mentally, your health can also go down, too. So, you know, you got to, you know, put some fitness in your mental health, meaning, you know, food for the soul, food for the soul, food for thought. Well, by that, I mean, you know, staying positive um, for those that are avid readers, you know, even reading 10, 15 minutes a day in the morning. I've, I'm, you know, as a churchgoer, uh, when I was a kid, you know, I grew up in a Jehovah Witness home. That's how I grew up, my parents. And they would make us read a lot of literature. So I just know that five to 10 minutes of reading in the morning, that wakes you up. I remember my dad and my mom would have us prepared, ready to go preach. And like I said, you know, whatever I do now, that's my own thing. But growing up, I was brought up in a very... Christian home and you know that was one thing that they would make you do is read and I feel like that was like a good stress reliever you know to read especially in Spanish because my parents are Hispanic I could only read in English at school and then in Spanish uh, I would do that at home so um, reading helps a lot interacting with family communicating going out a lot too you know it's not always about watching a movie or being on your phone. It's like actually going to the park with your family, spending some time, breaking a sweat together, you know, playing some volleyball. Yeah, there's so much you can do that's free that you don't really yeah. have to go out and spend money. And I know that's one of the things as well. When we first started dating, um, there was times where financially he knew we couldn't go out like on a, on a dinner date or something and he would kind of avoid me and I'm like hey like what's going on you know like what, did I do something wrong or what's and then he wouldn't really communicate that until finally like he got to a situation place and space where he knew that he can speak to me um without me being judgmental and you know that's one of the things that we always talked about that we can do things that are free without having to spend money I think 